And here's the tough love lesson. Whenever your team isn't showing up how you want them to, it's time to hold up the mirror and check in on your leadership. Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. So this episode like pretty much all my episodes, was inspired by one of my clients. Just like he did, have you ever found yourself wondering, how do I get my team to step up and do more? How do I get them to take more responsibility? How do I get them to be more creative? So here's a tough love summary of what you're going to hear in this episode. Whenever your team isn't showing up how you want them to, it's time to hold up the mirror and check in on your leadership. Now, I'm sure you've heard that saying, people don't leave companies, they leave managers, which means that sometimes as leaders, we're actually the problem. And yeah, that sucks. I hate having to admit it, but it's true. So this episode is full of tough love. We're going to talk about how you show up as a leader, and how this impacts everyone else around you. And spoiler alert, if you're trying to act too competent, you might be inviting your team to be lazy. Shocking, I know. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to share the massive breakthrough that my client had. In the second segment, I'll explain what his massive breakthrough was. In the third segment, I will share five tips that you can use as a leader to get your team to really step up and do what you want them to. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So here's the conversation that went down with my client. We were talking about his team, and he explained that no matter how hard he tried, how nicely he asked, he could not get his team to share any creative ideas or get them to participate in a brainstorming session. He had tried many times over the years, and he said, bottom line, Julie, my team just isn't creative. Now, at this point, my spidey sense is going off like crazy, double time, because Something just didn't add up. Here he is in a really dynamic, confident, intelligent leader with a very highly skilled team who works hard and spends pretty much most of their days interacting with clients. But whenever he would hold a meeting to get them to share their creative ideas on how to improve the service or grow the business or bring new products forward, he just got crickets. They had zero creative ideas to share with him. Now, come on now. Something just doesn't add up here. It's not like they had ideas and the ideas were bad, or they had some ideas, but not a lot of ideas. They had zero ideas. I don't know about you, but Spidey Sense is going off. So let's remember the tough love theme that I mentioned earlier for this episode. Whenever your team isn't showing up how you want them to, It's time to hold up the mirror and check in on your leadership. So here's the first place that I went looking. Do you actually really want them to come up with creative ideas? Of course, he said immediately. 
Well, it's just that sometimes, you know, conceptually on paper, we think we want others to participate and share their ideas and make suggestions. But in reality, what we really want is we want to embrace and be enamored with our own ideas. We love our own creativity. So even though we find ourselves saying that we want their ideas in truth, we like being the creative ones. We like being the hero that swoops in with all the brilliant ideas. I know I've been guilty of this in the past. It's typically a sign that I have my controlling pattern present in my leadership. So, for example, there might be three perfectly good solutions to a problem, but the solution that I like best was the solution that I came up with. It's not better. It's just more familiar, and I like it for that reason. So admitting this is hard because it means we're not actually being that great servant leader that we aspire to be. So I asked my client again, are you sure you want them to share their ideas? Client, well, I mean, to be honest, two years ago, I think you would have been right. I was attached to my ideas and I wanted everything done my way. But the truth is today, we're so busy that I really do actually need their help. And yes, I really do honestly want their creative ideas. Okay. All right. So let's look under another rock. So I asked him, how are you showing up when you ask them for their ideas? Well, what do you mean? How am I showing up? Like, what am I wearing? No, 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 no. What are you communicating with your physical presence? What is your state, your body language? Were you warm and inviting? Were you giving space, creating a safe container where people can share ideas? Bottom line, did you set them up for success or did you just spring it on them like a hot potato? So now I had my client's attention. The penny was dropping, you know, in that slow motion way. And he was really starting to recognize that his presence and how he showed up with his team might, air quotes, might be making the difference in how they were responding, or in this case, not responding. The dead giveaway here is the zero creative ideas. That's a highly improbable scenario with a team, right? If you have a really great team. And this is the point that for most of us, we have to hold up that mirror. We have to ask, are we creating our own reality? We have to look at a situation and say, what can I take responsibility for in this situation? Remember our tough love lesson. Whenever your team isn't showing up how you want them to, it's time to hold up the mirror and check in on your leadership. So here... My client was curious and he had an open mind and he was still pretty stuck on his story that his team had zero creative ideas. After all, he'd been telling it for years and he had pretty much convinced himself that it was true. So I asked him to suspend disbelief and we talked about a few different techniques that he could use with his team and he decided to switch things up for a bit just to see what would happen. So the next week, we jumped on our call, and guess what happened? My client showed up the next week, and he was blown away at all the creative ideas that his team came up with and how much they shared in their latest meeting. And a few of the ideas that they came up with had already been put into place. 
So what exactly did my client do to turn things around with his team? Well, there's three specific things and I'm gonna walk you through all three in a second. But before I do, I really want to acknowledge this client for being so open to try out new techniques, to do things differently, and owning the possibility that the problem might be with his leadership and not with the team's lack of creativity. You know, it's so easy for us to get stuck in our stories, especially when we tell them over and over again. And he was so stuck in this story that he missed what we call affectionately a leadership blind spot. Now when we talk about leadership blind spots referring to unconscious aspects of our leadership that are often rooted in a belief, a pattern, or a habit, or an underdeveloped skill that limits our impact and our ability as a leader. We all have blind spots, it's just part of the growth process. Having a blind spot doesn't mean that you're a bad leader. No one can fault you for having a blind spot. The only negative aspect of a blind spot is when we resist owning it and we refuse to accept that we might be the source of the problem. So in my experience, great leaders are quick to own their blind spots once they are made conscious and they're quick to turn things around. And this leader, he did not disappoint. He was so excited to tell me that he was wrong and what happened with his team and how these simple changes had such a huge impact. Remember, whenever your team isn't showing up the way you want them to, it's time to hold up the mirror and check in on your leadership. So here's the three things that my client did with his team. The first change was a technique called fading. If you're running a meeting and you jump in after every single comment that someone makes to vote on whether that was a good idea or a bad idea, whether it'll work, whether it won't, you're being a killjoy. This can be intimidating and let's face it, kind of annoying. So fading or leading from behind means that we let go of our external power, right? Our our situational power that we have in that moment. Just because we're the head of the team or just because we called the meeting doesn't mean that we have to be flexing those muscles the whole time. So with an in-person meeting, fading means that you don't sit at the head of the boardroom table if you have one, or you might even get up from the table and stand towards the back of the room or lean into a corner. So you're not being physically dominant and seen as running the meeting. Fading is really powerful and it can be done physically, it can be done verbally, and it can be done energetically. And just a note, fading does not mean tapping out and pulling out your phone and being distracted. Uh Uh-uh, absolutely not. Keep that technology away. You wanna stay fully engaged and you wanna drink in every word. People will notice if you tune out. All right, so that's technique number one, fading. The second thing that my client did was that he accommodated different personalities, specifically introverts and extroverts. Now, I'm gonna generalize here, but in their purest sense, extroverts love these off-the-cuff brainstorming sessions. They love to share ideas that are top of mind for them without thinking them fully. And they love the energy present when there's a really big group of people. 
This makes an extrovert really thrive. And when you have an extrovert try to work on their own in isolation, that's just sheer torture for them. So you can imagine that a brainstorming session with a big group of people is an ideal environment for an extrovert. Now, introverts, on the other hand, like lots of advance notice. So they will typically like or appreciate an agenda being sent out in advance. They don't like it when something is sprung on them. They like to think their ideas through before they share it with a bigger group. And sometimes it can be hard for introverts to jump in or contribute to a really dynamic conversation. So I always suggest that you send out a heads up agenda in advance if you're doing a brainstorm or you're expecting some sort of participation from your team. Everyone might not care or read through it and that is fine. But what you're doing here is you are accommodating those on your team who do benefit from it. Also, you might want to design in different methods of contributing ideas. So if it's in person, you might want to take time to write down ideas on post-it notes and share them on a whiteboard and then consolidate them. If you're meeting virtually, you could use the chat feature so everyone can share ideas easily. Or you could always use a Google, um, a Google Sheet so that everybody can type into it simultaneously as well. So there's lots of different things that you can do to make sure that you're accommodating every different personality type on your team. The third thing that he did to engage his team was creating psychological safety for that session. Now that's such a juicy buzzword, isn't it? Psychological safety. To define it, it is the understanding that you are able to contribute to engage with your team without any fear of negative consequences. Amy Edmondson defines it as a shared belief held by members of a team that the team is safe for interpersonal risk-taking. To establish psychological safety, my client framed at the meeting with a few prompts that really encouraged people to share all their ideas. Now, saying these might feel really obvious because they're top of mind to you and you know, it's what you would expect with a team, but it's important to say them out loud at the start of the meeting. Here's a few prompts that you can use. One, during this session, I want you to share all your ideas because all ideas are valid ideas. And I want to hear from all voices, regardless of your title or your rank in this team. Two, the wackier, the better, because really out there ideas always lead to something juicy. Three, there's zero judgment in this space, either of yourself or of others. Four, don't filter yourself. If an idea popped into your head, someone else is probably thinking about it too. And lastly, number five, I would add in something that really points out how much you respect and admire this team for their accomplishments and for their creativity. So really fundamentally set up that environment and make sure that they understand that feedback is a good thing in this environment, all right? So the other part of creating psychological safety is that he stopped putting a label of good, bad, right or wrong on ideas as people shared them. In the past, when everyone would make a comment, he felt it was important to jump in and label that comment. And 
for the most part, we do actually believe that giving immediate feedback is positive as quick as possible, but not in an environment like this, not in a team meeting where we want to really allow the creative ideas to just flow. All right. So let's recap those three things that my client did to open the floodgates of creativity with his team. First was fading, and this can be done physically, verbally, and energetically. Second, accommodate different personality types, right? We all learn in different ways. And the third thing was he created psychological safety with his team. He set the tone with those different prompts. So this story with my client really demonstrates the how we show up as a leader. It impacts how our team shows up and how they contribute. And sadly, I don't think a lot of us leaders really spend any time thinking about this. Do you? I know we've got a lot on our plate. We're busy. Do you ever think about how you show up as a leader? Do you you consciously have different ways to show up in different situations? Do you ever use fading? Or do you always flex your boss muscle and operate from external power? You know, sometimes in our desire to live up to, I'm going to use air quotes here, the responsibility of the title leader, we act differently than we normally would. We're not authentic. And rather than running a meeting with our authentic self, we resort to external power, to authority. And yeah, I do want you to be confident as a leader, but more important is to be authentic. There's a real danger in operating from external power all the time. Our intended impact is that we want to instill confidence around the table. We want people to be confident in our ability to lead, to be in charge. And what happens is that we give the impression that we've got it. And the unintended impact of showing up as this strong, perfect, infallible leader is that people think we don't actually need help. Or in the case of my client, his team thought that he was so confident and so enamored with his own ideas that he probably really didn't even actually want theirs. Now, I've used the example of brainstorming here. And this theme shows up in so many other areas. A common one is a client comes to me and says, hey, I really want this employee to step up more, to own their role, to take initiative. And yeah, this can be frustrating, right? When someone doesn't step up and do the things that we think they should be doing. And yeah, it might be them. But it might be something else. And you know where I'm heading with this? Whenever your team isn't showing up how you want them to, it's time to hold up the leadership mirror and check in on your leadership. They might see us as leaders that love to micromanage and not want to give away our Legos. So they'll worry that they're going to step on our toes and so they lean back and they don't take initiative. This is a major communication breakdown, but I see it happen all the time, all the time. We assume they're being lazy, but they're trying to not step on our toes. Do you see how this misalignment happens? Often I see this with newer managers. It's one of these patterns that we just have to learn out in the field in real time. And there becomes this dance of assumption that starts to happen. And then the assumption 
turns into resentments, and it's all downhill from there. So a great way to guarantee that you avoid all this is to have a really strong relationship design up front. Then you can address this in advance, maybe create a situational blueprint around it. Now, if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about or you want a refresher on relationship design, you can head back to episode 198. All right, so I want to recap some of these tips that you've learned in this episode, which will help you to influence how you show up as a leader. I have five tips for you. Here we go. Number one, use that brilliant technique of fading. And this includes physically, verbally, energetically. We sometimes call it leading from the back. Remember, powerful leadership is important to be dynamic. And when we are dynamic, we have many different settings on our dial. We don't have to be the loudest one in the room all the time, consuming all the oxygen. Number two, accommodate all personalities on your team. Now, a great place to start is to think in terms of introverts and extroverts. And if you're really stuck here and you're not sure you're accommodating everyone, then simply ask people in your one-on-one meetings. And don't put them on the spot and say, hey, did you feel included in that last meeting? Just simply ask them, hey, do you have any ideas of how I could improve the meeting next week? Then you will be open to receive their ideas. So don't just get stuck doing it one way all the time. Tip number three, use different methods and collaboration tools. So I don't know about you, but nothing makes me want to hit my head against the wall more when I'm sitting in a meeting and someone says, hey, let's brainstorm some ideas. And then everyone just sits around and expects this magical pixie fairy of creativity to come and just sprinkle ideas and creative brilliance all over us on demand. It just doesn't work like that. So give some context, give a creative setup, use some tools, do an exercise, something that gets the juices flowing. Tip number four, create a safe space. So let everyone know that there's no bad ideas, anything goes, and sometimes the wackiest left field ideas are the ones that lead to the best ideas. And then lastly, tip number five, if you are the hippo in the meeting, make sure you never share your ideas first. If you've never heard of a hippo, hippo is an acronym that stands for highest paid person's opinion or the highest paid person in the office. So if you are the hippo and you share your ideas first, it's kind of like dumping a bunch of water over the campfire. Then what you do is you influence everyone else's opinion. If you truly want their opinion, then do everything in your power to create a safe space and let them contribute first. Remember, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you have to constantly be proving how smart you are. All right, so I'm going to recap those five tips. And as I read them, I want you to think about one that you're willing to dive in and try right away this week, okay? So one is the technique of fading. Two is accommodating all personalities. Three, use different methods and collaboration tools. Four, create a safe space. And five, if you are the hippo, never share your ideas first. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode. 
let's recap what you learned today. So whether you think about it or not, how you show up as a leader has a huge impact on your team. As leaders, we need to be dynamic, and there is a time and a place to flex our muscles. Different scenarios require us to dial up aspects of our leadership and dial down other aspects. If you ever find yourself frustrated because your team isn't working hard enough or being creative, one of the places to look in the mirror is to go to inquiry and ask yourself, do I really want their ideas? Am I actually giving them the space to step up? Or am I overly enamored with my own ideas and I actually don't really want their ideas? And the five key tips to show up as a leader that listens, that cares, that really wants their team to succeed. Here they are, fading. Two, accommodate all personalities. Three, use different methods and collaboration tools. Four, create a safe space. And five, remember? The hippo, the hippo one. If you are the hippo in a meeting, never share your ideas first. And most importantly, did you remember our tough love lesson today? Here it is. Whenever your team isn't showing up how you want them to, it's time to hold up the mirror and check in on your leadership. Now, if you are curious about exploring your blind spots and how you show up as a leader, then you can head over to my website and book an introductory call with me. Head to thecorporateyogi.com and I look forward to chatting with you. Now, if you like this episode or took away anything, then please share this episode with at least one other person that you know. Share the love, share the growth, and share the learning. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for tuning in and aspiring to be an even more powerful leader and for taking one simple action today to improve your leadership presence.